Hi, everybody. I'm Paul Wilkie. And I'm David Oro, and you're listening to The Embargo, the greatest PR podcast of all time. Everyone's going to argue about that with us right now. Uh, but damn straight, there's always something to talk about and a point to make. And we're going to do it when we want, which is usually every other week, though it's been a little bit longer this time. But whether it's tech, business, sports, music, or your mama, we're going to cover it. And all of it comes from the point of view of public relations, reputation, and communications. All about punching stodgy PR in the face. <laughs> in the face! <laughs> in the face! Punching stodgy PR punching stodgy PR in the face. So that's right. So sit back, relax, and let's get it on. Today is Thursday, April 13th. No, it's not even April. No, it's May 4th. Somebody change the line on the script, will you? Jeez, Louise. We are off to go back But anyways, that's the embargo for you, right? We're professional. We're professional. It's amazing. Oh, we, we good to see you again. It, it has been a while. I feel like we went through a whole season. I think the last time we spoke was it has been a bit, but somehow it's still raining in California. Oh um, yeah, it's, it's May and it's still raining. But hey, it's been that kind of year. So. I just um, I just got back from England. We took some vacation in the UK, and I made a really. I'm not a rookie traveler. I made a rookie travel mistake. We were we kind of drove all around England and. Um, you know, so we rented a car, drove around, and we returned to London just to, to visit some friends and stuff. And we had a, a hotel uh, in Trafalgar Square. And we didn't check what was going on in London that day. And uh, as, I'm, as we're driving closer and closer to the center of town, I'm seeing people with, like, the silver blankets on. And um, our hotel's, like, right where the finish line of the London Marathon is. And I'm 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 driving like what I what I like to say I was I was driving Ginger Roger style you know backwards and in heels because I'm driving on the other side of the road manual <laughs> transmission and um, closer yet there's like thousands of people and finally we got close to the hotel there's no way I was going to be able to park so I just I just told Audra I'm like fend for yourself get out and she got out walked to the hotel and I it's nice to be back that's the yeah, well, welcome back <laughs> welcome back so listen. You you invited our guests this week to show up to the show. Why don't you? I'll let you do the intros from here. Uh, I am super excited about this. We have we have Jenny Dietrich on today. She's the CEO of Armand Dietrich, and founder and author of Spin Sucks. And Jenny, thank you so much for being here today. Very well, nice. I've already had a blast, and I've been trying not to laugh because you didn't introduce me yet. But I know <laughs> the well, intro glad... is great, the London story is great. Like this is our—I could just listen to the two of you. Let's just do that. <laughs> well, we're either going to get better or worse from here. But I've become, in a very short space of time, a very huge fan of Peso. We first awesome. learned about it. We had Michelle Garrett on a couple, a few months ago. Yep. And she's like, she was talking about Peso and, and, and David and I were like, what the hell is this? We have no idea what this is. And, and Paul, hold on, Paul. I actually knew what it was. <laughs> I just couldn't remember. He's a, let's, he's just, let's, he's let's, let's be fair. In. We knew what it was. We didn't know what it was called. <laughs> you know. Okay, fair. But you, you did such a great job of putting it all in perspective. And uh, I, I want to give some 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 airtime to you talking about it, what it is, and for those so th those of our viewers who don't know what it is or listeners, uh, 
what it is, what it means, what it's all about. But you're the you're the creator of this model, and you're the mastermind of it, and you're also the mastermind of the certification program uh, that you're doing in conjunction with the NI SI Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse University, which mm-hmm. I went, loved it, couldn't, you know, awesome. very very <laughs> thrilled with the affiliation. So let's 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 dive into that first. So let's talk today. All things peso, and for those of those of those of you who don't know what it is or what it all means, Jenny, tell us what. Tell us all about it. <laughs> and now give it away. The, the <laughs> start though by telling us her little background or how she got to this point. Yes, please. On that whole thing. So introduce yourself there, Jenny. <laughs> sure. So I actually, Dave, you and I have a similar background. I grew up in the big PR firm world, and you know, I was very. Um, motivated and hungry and had lots of clients who at my age I shouldn't at big budgets and big clients that I shouldn't have been running but but Fleischman was pretty much like here's here's an account go run it and I suddenly had a you know four million dollar client which I had no business doing none none but they did it and so one of the things that we heard over and over and over again was you know all the work you guys are doing is great but it's not measurable and I remember very distinctly being in a meeting. We we were in the conference room at you know our big like boardroom conference room. Everybody had on their suits, and I had on heels. And we brought the client in, and that we went through the whole dog and pony show about everything that we had done that year. And Ocean Spray is a client. And that year, I mean, we had done so many great things. They had launched a uh, 100% juice product, and so we did a traveling art art show because. If you've ever seen cranberries harvested, what they do is they fill the, the or they flood the field with water, and all of the cranberries will rise to the top. So you see these lakes of what looks like lakes of, of red, and it's absolutely stunning. And they're in places like British Columbia, so you have you have the backdrop of the mountains behind it, and Massachusetts, of course. And so, I mean, stunning, stunning stuff. So we hired some photographers, and we sent them out to create to take photos of the harvest. And then we created the the art of the traveling harvest, and we did donations to America's Second Harvest, and we did a traveling art show, and we had stationery, and, and like the whole kit and caboodle, and the whole world, the whole world covered it. GMA, the Today Show, like everybody, Epicurious Food Network, everyone covered it. So from a PR perspective, it was like the thing. And we went into the boardroom, and we <clears throat> were showing all of these results, and I will never forget. It still makes me. Still makes my stomach upset. Um, the, the CMO sat back in her chair and she was like, this is great. You guys did awesome. Our sales are down. We're losing growers and our co-op sucks. And it was like, oh, <laughs> you've got to be kidding. Jenny, listen, <clears throat> I have done fantastic PR for many success failed businesses. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that. That's good. That's really so cool. listen, I we I had a similar story, and I'm glad uh, you and I had the shared background. I didn't know that you and I worked at Fleischman Hillard until I started looking you up together. And so we were there in the '90s. Um, and so I was surprised, and I was like, you know what? Did she really work there? And so I pulled out 1998. No. <laughs> <laughs> From Fleischman Hiller. I can't believe you have that. Oh my gosh. So this is the directory, and I didn't know your maiden name 
I'm gonna be so but I think I, I think it starts with an A. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that's you right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> Look at that haircut. Oh, oh my I gosh. love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So there you I go. I can't believe you have that. <laughs> <laughs> I have this because when I went to Asia with Fleischman Hillard, I just kind of had it uh, with me. And it was shipped with my stuff. And when I came back after four years in Asia, I was freaking out about the work that I had done in Asia and nobody would know it. And so I kept a portfolio of the work that I'd done. Sure. Books, press clippings. And I was going to go to an interview and just drop this thing of press clippings to anybody in America that was, where I was looking for a job. And it just stayed in my closet. And I just thought about it right beforehand. So that's amazing. We'll make sure that, you know, <laughs> there you are. And that was yep. you, right? That <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing. I love it. There we go. <laughs> Glad I didn't know that was coming out beforehand. Surprise. <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to it. I think I left it in. Great PR for failed companies or failed great PR for failed companies. I mean, certainly Ocean Spray is not a failed company, but that year it was a really rough year. And I remember thinking there has to be a better way. Like we have to figure out a way to measure our efforts, right? So I I then went on and I did I I built helped to build a PR department for an ad agency and I learned a lot about sort of uh, integrated comms and working with advertising and marketing and sales through that experience. And then I went on my, out on my own and I, I, I kept thinking like, how do we do this? How do we do this? And certainly we had the advent of social media and we had, you know, Google analytics and all this stuff that suddenly at our, at our doorstep, we were gifted this opportunity to actually start to look at ways to measure the things that we do. And as we were doing that, we, we were looking at an integrated model because that was my background, you know, for the, the years before I started my business. And that's when Twitter was becoming a household name and Facebook was available for, for businesses and LinkedIn became a thing. And then WordPress became like all this stuff happened at the same time. And so we were, we were working with clients to say, okay, not only do we think we can measure the work that we're doing, but we can do it in an integrated way. So I wrote spin sucks, the book. And I talked about this. I talked about the, the whole process in the book and my publisher said, we have to have a name for this. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, this is a, this is a process. Like this, this that you're describing here is a process. So she's actually the one to thank for how it came to fruition because I didn't, I didn't see it. And so we went back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, we, we tried OSP and we tried OSEP and we tried like all of these different acronyms to name it. And she finally said, what about peso? And I was like, well, can we use that since it's a currency? And because they're the publishing arm. They went through the whole process and said, yes, you can. So we named it the peso model. And then she said, we need an image. And so I hired somebody off of Upwork to create an image for it. And we published the book. And I had no idea, like literally no idea it was going to do what it, what it has done. I, you know, had I had the, the forethought and foresight to, to understand that, I would have had it copyrighted and trademarked before the book came out instead of after. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it came about. So what is the, the acronyms mean? So it's pay, PESO model is paid, earned, shared, and owned media. So you're really looking at things like, you know, people will say all the time, well, I, I do PR, I don't start with paid. 
And really and truly, I, I agree with that. The only reason the acronym starts with that is because it's easier to remember. Peso is easier to remember, right? But if I, would, if I were starting a brand new campaign, I would always start with owned. And then I would either go shared and er, shared or earned and then paid. So that's how we kind of look at it. Listen, if you're a public relations professional today, the people pay you for that earned media. Yes. Get me in the New York Times. Get me on GMA. Get me in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, get me on my lo- in my local TV station. Yep. That that is that that's gold. Like that that will yep. never go away. If you can do that, somebody's going to pay you some money. Somebody's going to steal some money to pay you some money to get in. <laughs> right? um, but if you're also that PR professional person and you're a media relations person who loves that earned media, you cannot ignore those other three things. I think for any modern communications professional, paid has to be part of it. Give me a hundred bucks and I'll go place this. Give me that's right. Yep. I'll go yep. play. <clears throat> yep. How do you work with clients? How do you, I mean, I would imagine that peso, it's so simplified and it makes so much sense. And that's probably why it's taken off for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you talk to clients about it? Do you and 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 how do these conversations go? So they usually go one of two ways. Um, I actually drew a line in the sand, and it was really really hard to do. It was very hard to do as a business owner. I said we're not going to do anything that's not a fully integrated peso model program anymore. Um, so I we get so many referrals for media relations. We need a really good PR firm that that can do media relations, and I turn them down every time. And some sometimes. You know, I'll always make referrals and, and I'll say, but I think you should talk to so-and-so or, or so-and-so because they do great work in that area. And sometimes the prospect will say, well, you have such a good reputation. What do you do? And then I take that time to educate them on the peso model. Sometimes they say, actually, I want that. And sometimes they're like, yeah, it, we really just need somebody that's boots on the ground that can get media. And I'm like, great, here's some recommendations. Mm-hmm. So it usually goes one of those two ways. Um, but I always take the opportunity if they're if they're open to, to it to educating them on the process and how we work in it. I think I mean, one of the things that fascinated me, and I went through the certification course, um, and I and I as I went through, I realized there's a lot of stuff that we're doing that falls into the pace of model. Sure. Yep. I'll I'll give you I'll give you examples. See if see if see if I followed the the, the training correctly. So, you know, let's say. Let's say that we're doing this right now. We're taping this. We're taping this discussion. In a way, the end product could fall into all four categories. So if we yep. if we edited this and we paid to put it on a PR trade outlet, that yep. covers the paid spot. Earned, we wrote a press release, or we or we 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 have a story based on our conversation. We got that placed in TechCrunch. That's the love e. it. Yep, yep. Share. We share the hell out of it on social media, LinkedIn whatever. And then on the own component, we could put this on our website, or we can put this on LinkedIn, or we can put this on our YouTube channel, which we do, by the way, go to YouTube to see the embargo, every edition. So, you know, that sort of everything in there falls into the peso model. Even That's right. Though, you know, as, you know, when I started Upright 11 years ago, we were, you know, earned snobs. I'll totally confess, oh, we don't do pay. We don't do, we don't do any of that. We don't do social media, nothing. But you know, as as we've gone along and as we've learned more, it's like we're already doing this stuff, right? 
Um, the University of Southern California just released their global communications report and it talked about reputation. So it's actually, it's, it's a really good, re I, I love the report every year, but this one's especially good because it talks about the things that have changed so significantly. And one of the thing, one of the questions they ask specifically of investors, consumers, and employees is what do you find most credible when you're looking at a company's reputation? And earned media actually fell much lower than they expected. Reviews. Wow. Reviews is number one. Reviews. Amazing. So when you think about your job evolving, those are the kinds of things you start to think about, right? Like, I mean, we watch, we've, we've all seen the media landscape change pretty drastically. I'm sure, Paul, the reason that you are no longer an earned media snob is out of some, some uh, what out of necessity. But th that's where things are going. So when you think about if you're doing earned media, how do you bring these other things in? You have to start thinking about how do you bring the other three media types in and do some of the other kinds of things that, that provide the credibility that earned media used to do. Exactly. And to your point, it's not always the earned thing that moves the needle. That's and right. you, know, and you, you combine that with uh, the, you know, the, the PR person's burden of it's harder to get earned coverage now than <laughs> it was five years, yep. ago, years ago. Yep. I love the fact that the pieces are all there. It's just thinking about maybe it's thinking differently or thinking about, you know, you know, you know, you know, thinking more about where, where to put this. Now, the one question I always have in the back of my head, especially as, you know, you're falling into that weird traditional, you know, most of our work is traditionally media relations. How do you cross that threshold with your client on the, especially on the earned side? How do you, how do you, how do you get them to part with the marketing dollars that they've allocated elsewhere or haven't thought about in the context of PR? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, and the answer, unfortunately, is it depends. But some of the things that we've had really good success with is, I mean, Dave, you you kind of made light of this earlier, but said, give me a hundred bucks and I'll go places. But that's true. Like, it's if you can get a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars to be on the Forbes Council, you know, that's not a huge for most companies. That's not a huge amount of money for you to go show them how it works. So start with those kinds of things. Start with you know, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this episode has had the the <clears throat> challenge of pitching something and saying and them saying, this is great, but we charge 1500 bucks for something like that. And you're just like, oh, um, so use that opportunity, uh, use that as an opportunity to get those marketing dollars. And it's not a huge amount, right? You're not asking for $100,000. You're asking for 100 bucks or $1,000 to test this out. So I would say that's number one. And number two is, especially if you're doing, this is a little harder with consumer, but if you're doing any trade media, they all take contributed content, all of them. And so make that leap from we're, we're doing, we're pitching stories and interviews and features to we're pitching those things and we're pitching contributed content. Oh, and by the way, they've accepted this article idea someone has to write it. And so now you're doing own media as well. You're starting to do the writing and the content marketing too. You know, I mean, I think before agencies spent hours either doing consulting or ramming a bunch of people, account executives and some SVP in a room. And that's like billable <laughs> hours are like you're, you're getting uh -huh. thousands of dollars. <laughs> so that ocean spray meeting was super expensive, Jeannie. Super expensive. <laughs> sure it was. Yeah. Um, so. Are you now though? It seems like a lot of it is on content creation. Like I'm doing a lot more content creation before. Yep. 
content creation used to be coming up with an idea or a theme or a campaign, building some media lists, um, writing a press release, and then going out and doing the legwork of, you know, making phone calls and getting people together. But now I'm finding that, you know what? Writers. We need a lot of writers now. Yes. So many writers. Content. Yes. Uh, yes. That's really what we're doing. What, what kind of balance do you see in the peso model, right? Is there, I imagine it's different for every company, but is there one that takes precedence over another? Yeah. Owned media does for sure. So you're right. We have lots oh, of, media. we have lots of writers. We have lots, we have two podcast producers a videographer and two graphic designers on our team. So that's the, that's the majority. And then we have one earned media person as well. And so you're also now working with clients beyond sort of a written blog, but you're producing content for them on blogs and podcasts. Yep. And yep. yep. Well, since we, we talked about writing, I feel like this might be the place to start talking about AI. That's what I was just going to say. Shall we, shall we <laughs> yes. Yes. segue into that? Um, yes. It's one of those things it's taken over the news cycle in every trade media, mainstream news media, you know, work conversations. And, and, you know, in PR, it's no exception. I'm going to just say, hey, AI, discuss. <laughs> discuss. <laughs> you know, I have a, a client who is, he won't, want, he won't want me to tell you his exact age, but he's in his 80s. And I've been working with him for years and he'll only work with me. And he still hand delivers me a check every month. And I love him. Uh, um, but he he has created, with some help, he has created sort of a thought leader for himself in his industry at, at this age. And it's been really fun to watch. But one of the things he keeps getting asked to do is write content. And he's he's a pecker, a keyboard pecker, right? He's not, He can't write content. And so in the beginning, I said to him, well, why don't you just narrate, dictate it to your computer? And I showed him how to do that. And you can do that. And then he sends it over to me and I, I make it better, clean it up, edit it. Um, but then I said, well, why don't you try ChatGPT? I mean, his world entirely changed, completely changed. Because now he puts the prompts in as he pecks at his keyboard and he, 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 he gets something that is beautifully written. It's you know, we, ha we always make sure that it's factually correct, but it, and it, he's able to do it in his voice because there's enough content online now, because uh, we've been working together for almost 10 years. There's enough content in his voice online that we've been able to feed that in there. So it makes it sound like he's like, he has actually yeah. written it and his whole world has changed. So this is where we're, this is where we are. This is, this is what it is. What I find <laughs> remarkable is this shift that has happened in the in this first half of this year? So Chat GPT yeah. yes. late last year. People were like, "Oh, that's cool," and then like from January onward, you're right. All the media stories are there. I'm trying to think of a technology precedence where it was adopted and so excited. So I think during the dot com days, everybody was like, "Get a dot com and do that," and it was kind of sad, but it, it built up over a couple of years. We had been hearing about AI for a long time. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. But just think, before all of this, it was crypto, right? Yep, yep. Social media. Um, yep. It was the FANG stocks. It was all of that. There was a lot of other things that we could pay attention to. But I, what I'm saying now is, is that this has come on so quickly. And so it has. Fast. You're right. And not only that, has been super helpful and useful to a lot of people. 
uh, you know, I, I've punched it in and it, it's not perfect. No, it's not. Damn it. But damn it, <laughs> a good intern could have wrote that for me. That's right. And I've got That's a framework exactly right. that I could use now yep. to yep. make it a really polished thing. And oh, by the way, that's three hours of my time that I just saved. That's I, right. I think, yes. I think the closest analogy, but but again, it's 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 time compressed. The closest analogy is what can the personal computer do for you in like the late seventies, early eighties, and that's not that's not even apples to apples because the AI stuff happens so fast. And I remember we were talking uh, amongst ourselves here late last year. It's like. You know, we should put our, you put a line in the sand and say, hey, all our content's human curated. And I was like, let me play with it first. And and after I played with it, I'm like, not so fast. No, yeah. Not right. so fast. Right, right. And and the analogy I, I now use is if you're a tradesman or like, let's say, you know, you, you do pool, pool maintenance, you've got the truck with the, all the tools in the back. You couldn't drop that off at a person's house who has a pool and say, "Hey, here you Correct. go, have fun That's with right. it," because you just you tumble with it. You just you, yeah. you you need that professional. And like like David, like you said, you know, first draft for a press release better than you know better or as good as something the intern can give you. It gives you something to play with. Yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't just blindly say, "Hey, type this proposal up." And just send it without reading it. It would take no, a while right. to get it right. But it ain't bad for a first cut. It's really not bad for a first draft at all. So PR industry, embrace it. Take it on. I mean, yeah. I think we should embrace it. I think there's, to your point, it saves so much time. And it also prevents writer's block. So there have been lots of days where I'm like, oh, I have to get this started and I have no idea where to start. And so I put some prompts into it. And all of a sudden I have something on paper that I can, that, that has a framework that I can go, oh, okay, this is how I should outline it. And then I, you know, I can use what I use and I, then I curate the rest of it myself, but it gives you a great, right. A great starting spot. And you don't have writer's block anymore. No, it's you know, editing word salads better than writing from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting. I came at it with a little bit of trepidation. It almost felt like cheating, honestly. Yeah. And I was or like, plagiarizing. Or plagiarizing. And yeah. I'm like, if I could do this. And then I started talking to clients and they're like, well, we got to do this content. And I'm like, let's let's see what chat GPT can come up with this. Oh, we like this. Let's clean this up, put it up on a blog or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my running joke is, you know, I haven't written anything original since you held since the year that handbook came out that you held up. So, I mean, you know, you know, this refreshes it a little bit. And, you know, and let's, let's admit it, Paul. Even even without ChatGPT, our research allowed us to go scour things, and we were lifting up stuff. There's very few originals out there, right? And we're just looking yeah. at things, trying to piece right. it together That's to make right. it in our own thoughts. Yeah. But you know what? Exactly right. 10,000 microprocessors <laughs> a lot better than my brain. <laughs> I mean, you think about the lowly press release, you know, the lowly you know we press start release. with the opening sentence, which is the same every time. Right? Every time. So-and-so yep. leading, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then the boilerplate's the same. And then we just kind of write the middle. Yep. Um, it's no different. It really isn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fan. I, I, so are you using it more these is it a regular thing for every, for either one of you to, to use it? Oh, yeah. I use it every day. I'm not there yet. I'm close. 
I'm close. I, 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 I use it in times of like, I need inspiration or I'm having writer's block or, you know, I actually, the, the, the thing I, and, and it's very similar to the example you used with your friend who, who used it for the first time. I had to write a letter. I had to write an email to a client about a proposal that, you know, in the structure was, I wasn't even familiar with. They, they asked a question like, Hey, what if we did this? I'm like, I have no idea how to write this. And I just kind of put it in, hey, you know, write an email to a client who's rejecting your proposal but wants to do this, this, and this, and this. I'm like, okay. And it came up with a good working. Really? Yeah. I haven't even tried that. Yeah, That's the, a the, great idea. The, I mean, the more specific you give it, yep. it yep. goes pretty deep. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, I think, Jeannie, uh, you 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 um, shared uh, a link to HubSpot put together mm -hmm. with uh, the prompts. Chat GBT prompts, and there's like yep. a list of, I don't know, whew, gosh, like all kinds of prompts for a marketer or a brand person or a writer or a content creator, et cetera, because the prompt is so key, right? That's right. And the new hot job title isn't social media manager, it's prompt engineer. <laughs> How can you get the result you want from AI? by asking the right prompt. And the more detail you give it, now I'll tell people like the more detail and context you can give it, the better answer will be. So if it's like, you know, write me a press release about cranberries floating in the water. It's not necessarily gonna give you anything, but right, you, right, right. write me a press release about Ocean Spray, the brand and their campaign that um, of, 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 of showcasing how cranberries are harvested in the 90s, you know, um, right. and the health benefits of it, it'll go find those things for you and it becomes very powerful. The prompt part is key. You're absolutely right. And I think, I mean, that certainly is where humans come into play, right? And you have to be smart about it too. So it, that takes some experience. It's not like you can just, I can put my 10 year old out on it and say, okay, <laughs> write me an article. Like, it's not going to work yet, but we might get there. Yeah, I'll confess my first my first test of 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 the AI was I punched in compare it convinced me that La Brea and Gilgan's Island are the same show. <laughs> it, it did a damn good job. Did it really? I'm glad you're using it for value added things, Paul. Right. No, this right. is the this is the hard hitting stuff we we cover every day. Yeah. Um, I would say this to, to the comms professionals out there, use the tools that are provided to you, right? <laughs> this is a new tool. It's an exciting new tool. It's also a very scary new tool. Somebody's going to get hurt doing this. And yeah, it may absolutely. be like in a comms thing, but it may be a very societal thing where yeah. you have AI generated content, creating propaganda that moves societies or starts yeah. wars or yeah. do, does things like yeah. that. But in the slime fresh, there's nobody that's not going to use a tool to give them a competitive advantage. Okay. And I think this is something that is exciting, a little bit freaky, <laughs> but also very valuable, right? Because yeah. now you can like, instead of spending hours on writing, which is a value in its in of itself, um, you can spend it finding new opportunities, talking to a client or going for a walk, <laughs> right? You know, things like yep. that. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I absolutely agree that it's a tool that we should use. And it's like anything else. I mean, when social media was, was starting up, I rem 
Like I remember I actually made a lot of money speaking to CEO audiences who kept saying social media is for the kids. And I kept saying, it's not for the kids. It's going to affect your business. And here's what it's going to look like. And I mean, I made, I made a ton of money just doing that because they were so reticent for it. And I think that's where we are here with this is it's another tool in your toolbox. It makes you more efficient. So test it out and see what happens. Before we wrap up, I want to go back to um, ASO and certification and learning more. So I, this is the shameless plug component of <laughs> the embargo. Okay. <laughs> what, what, where, where's a good place for people to either dive in or go to learn more information or sign up for the certification course? Yeah, and, and I want to know, Jenny, is what, what's the value of getting that certification? How long is it going to take me to do it? Oh, great question. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is set up for you to take it in eight weeks. Nobody finishes in eight weeks. <laughs> Maybe Paul, you did, but you're very rare. Usually what we find is, is people will watch the videos through and then they'll, they'll watch them again and do the work. And we find that they're doing the work for a campaign that they're working on or for a client or for their, for their job. Um, and it usually takes them a little bit longer because they have a full-time job and this is what they're doing on the side. So it is built that you could do it in eight weeks, but most people we find is like between four and six months usually. Uh, it's all on demand. It's all self-service. We, we've been updating. We updated at the end of last year and we're going to update again this summer. So we're trying to keep things live and fresh. It doesn't have AI in it yet, but it will this summer. Um, and spinsucks.com has everything. It has, you know, we have frequently asked questions. We have all sorts of content. You can find everything, pretty much everything you need. And if you have questions, you can just ping me. If I take this course, there's no, nothing I won't know. You're not holding anything back about being a peso certified person. It's I'm holding nothing back. <laughs> and no you get a certificate. For, there's no, no, there's not a, another letter, peso. <laughs> It's like when, when yeah. people ask me for a recipe for something, I always leave something out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not but, that. But the, the other great thing is, is you, you know, you're not you're you're not left hanging. There's a, you you actually have a Slack channel where everyone can ask questions and and talk and share information, and it's that's also that's worth the price price of admission too. Yeah, we love that community, fun community. But yeah, you, and then you also get you get the certification from us and from. Uh, Newhouse at Syracuse, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. Jenny, thank you for being on the show with us. Thank this you is- for having yeah. me. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad I could share memories from Fleischer Miller with you. <laughs> My team's gonna die when I tell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll be the most well produced part of our show. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. We've we've so enjoyed having you and and you're welcome back anytime. Okay, I'll be back next week. (laughs) All right, we'll see you all. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.